Hey everyone, this is Extroverted Feelings with your ENFJ host, Nia, and today I'm with a guest. Did you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Autumn. I'm a recent college graduate from George Mason University. I'm a writer, a poet, and a tarot reader, and I am an INFP. Thank you. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about an essay by Sarah Ahmed, Feminist Killjoys and Other Willful Subjects. Mm-hmm. Sarah Ahmed is a feminist writer and independent scholar, so this is a pretty good essay to start off with. So I'm going to start off with a quote, and then we'll get into it, okay? Okay. Ahmed states, To be willing to go against the social order, which is protected by a moral order, a happiness order is to be willing to cause unhappiness, even if unhappiness is not your cause. So what do you make of this quote? Um, yeah, I agree with it. It's kind of like that thing when people say, once you know, you can't not know. Once you see, you can't unsee. Um, There's a lot of injustice in the world. It's pretty cruel and awful, and it's not an easygoing topic to talk about all the time. So when you mention it, it's obviously going to kill the mood, kill the joy. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And happiness is such a temporary, like, fleeting thing. Like, you can't just hold on to it forever and just make it, like, a status quo. So, like trying to uphold that and live in ignorance or willful ignorance is kind of like a hollow task. And it's always going to be kind of uncomfortable when you bring that up because people don't want to live in that. Right, exactly. I think a lot of people do understand that, like you said, our world is very unjust. So Yeah, it's kind of inevitable or like just a hard pill you have to swallow. Like, okay, well, now that you know, you're going to be a little bummed out about it kind of spiraling so i say all that to say i am deeply unhappy (laughs) exactly (laughs) so that means like once like you said once you know you have to like take off those rose-colored glasses right um ignorance is definitely bliss because Mm -hmm. if people aren't aware of how bad the world is it just kind of seems like they're in their own world and they're very happy and they're okay letting things um slip by right i kind of relate that to um i guess less than feminism more like social the social class and um or stuff with class like capitalism socialism um people want to live in that bubble of capitalism because they have their own interests in mind and not the interests of the whole or the community Mm -hmm. and when you're in that individualistic like mindset yeah like you want to be happy because you have all this money and you don't care about other people's rights. You don't people have equal rights mm-hmm. or equal access to things because you're only focused on yourself. Right, exactly. And once you realize, or once I realize that that's so deeply ingrained in a lot of people's like mindsets, that is kind of depressing to think about because it's like, wow, you can't even think of other people, like people who are struggling. It's, yeah, it's a lot. It's pretty unhappy. Yeah, so it goes past... Um, Feminism and right. past racism, and it goes into that class, right. classist things. Um, I think you're absolutely right. It can span across a lot of different uh, categories. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a lot to handle, especially for one person. And uh, neither of us are very influential with politics or policy. Right. So what do you do when you see a lot of unjust things or on social media or in person like what do you do as one person Mm, I try to keep my own peace in mind my own well-being in mind 
because like yeah I'm just one person and I can't make big policy change and as much as you could try to like work as a group or with your community or with other like activists or something there's only really so much we can do um I really I'm a reserved person anyway so I'm not really like on the front lines all the time but like I learned that that's okay and not everyone has to do the activism thing in the exact same way Mm -hmm. and yeah maintaining my personal peace especially as a black woman it's a lot to see so yeah I have to prioritize myself and my mental health sometimes and it is it's a lot so it's something I can't really escape from so I might as well try to like create a safe space for myself in any way that I can and then come back and like do my own part in my ways when I'm ready right doing what you can in the moment right and not pushing yourself Mm -hmm. exactly I think uh, a lot of our listeners would relate to you and being more reserved and not Mm. as like I'm gonna say this right now in front of your face I think a lot of people will find comfort in what you just said right because um the essay itself is talking about you need to say this Mm -hmm. this and that when something happens or when something goes down right um you need to be a killjoy in that moment but if some people if that's just not your personality or your way of doing things then you might get a little bit of not hate but like people might say why didn't you say this or why didn't you do Mm -hmm. that if you're if that's not your personality right so um you saying that will probably give a lot of our listeners some comfort yeah Um, great and you Mm -hmm. still see yourself as a feminist oh yeah for sure and a lot of people have different definitions of a feminist but today we like to hear what is your definition of a good feminist Hmm. well my personal definition for me how I act in the world is just remaining open-minded and accepting of women and their experiences all women um you know cis women trans women Mm -hmm. femmes um like especially if they're different from yours I think that's really important to hear different people's perspectives and to like trust and believe their experiences and just like take that into consideration like you know working on accepting and loving yourself as well can like really ripple out and affect others in a positive way in a positive like feminist way Mm -hmm. so yeah extending love to yourself and extending love and care to other women I think that's what makes a good feminist but you know they have like the official definition where it's like equality between men and women but you know personally (laughs) I mean like yes that's good and a lot of feminists do that work with men which I guess is fine. <laughs> but personally, I don't really concern myself too much with like how to teach men this and that mm-hmm. and how to help them unlearn toxic masculinity right. or like learn that women are people. Like that's not my top priority at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's my job and I'm not going to take on that like that burden. Um, if other women want to, that's cool for them. <laughs> and that might help, but like I feel like that's men's job to teach each other and like right just like it's white people's job to you know fix fix themselves from the inside and right. teach each other like it's not a black person's job to teach a white person that black people are humans mm-hmm. and it's not a woman's job to teach a man that women don't deserve you know yeah be treated like dirt exactly um yeah I think it's more important for me to like uplift and empower my fellow women as much as possible and help them, you know, realize their potential and their strength. 
and like I <laughs> I don't particularly care about like making sure <laughs> men are involved in like our fight for justice like right. I know they have power and it's like important to reach them but for me personally like my role I don't think is like going out to like men's faces mm-hmm. <laughs> and like teaching them hey don't don't treat a woman like Dirt. yeah <laughs> sorry like <laughs> no exactly like mm-hmm. um like you were saying before that's just there's a lot of pressure on yeah. um people or like marginalized communities to have to face it on one hand and then have to feel like you have to educate other people right. because no one else is doing the work right um like you said it's white people's job to teach other white people that they're not the only race and mm-hmm. um Everyone deserves equity, and it's men's job to teach other men that there is a system in place to oppress women. And right. that's way too much pressure for people of color and women of color to do both of those jobs. Right. It's and it's much. just they're going to see it as like, oh, another woman uh-huh. talking off of men, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, talking <laughs> about this. It's, they're not going to listen. Like, they don't care. Right, right. <laughs> We've been saying this for generations. So right in other words, or other like hundreds of years, you know, just stuff like they don't care exactly. So I'm not gonna waste my energy personally on really like dedicating myself to like teaching men yeah. how to be good feminists. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's uh, amazing. Empowerment oriented systems right. within communities right. is just as powerful as educating other mm-hmm. people and. Like we just said, educating other people is stressful and it can right. be harmful to your mental health, especially if people aren't listening. Oh my goodness. Right. So I think that's a great approach. And again, people that relate to you will find comfort in mm-hmm. what you just said. But in the essay, Ahmed is talking about the importance of being a killjoy, saying what it needs to be said mm-hmm. in times where people are very ignorant right. or are just not understanding what's actually happening. Um, so do you think it's important for women and women of color or mostly women of color to continue being killjoys in white feminist spaces, even when they feel like you feel right? I mean, yeah, it's definitely important because if we just stay silent, then the whole system against us is working. And that's mm-hmm. that's what it's there for. So, yeah, I mean, I would still hope and encourage other people to speak up. I'm still working on being more vocal in my own ways. Because, you know, like I said, I'm pretty reserved, um, pretty quiet, and I internalize things in a different way. I mean, I'm more of a writer, don't not really a speaker. Mm-hmm. So saying things in, a, in the way that I want to say them right on the spot it doesn't happen because like right I'm just I get clammed up and mm-hmm. I get so angry and yeah after I get I feel kind of ashamed because I didn't say something on the spot or I didn't put someone in check like I thought I was supposed to right but it's still important for me personally to try to work through that and come up with my own ways my own approaches to like confronting people it doesn't have to always be like this huge fight but it can be, like, effective, like, hey, what you just said, like, what, like, what was that about? Like, mm-hmm. questioning people, um, you know, and if they're just like, whoa, chill, or just like, whatever. Like, you know, right. you have to, like, pick and choose your battle sometimes. And I learned that that's not a sign of weakness. It's just, it's a personal choice. Like, 
especially as a black woman, like there's a lot of stuff going on against us. Um, Mm -hmm. So if I don't do something a certain way that like social media says is the right way, then I have to be okay with that. And like, fulfill my own personal duty like however I see fit like Mm -hmm. still speak up because yeah it's gonna eat me up even more if I just let someone say something I mean there's been times when I didn't say anything like I said I was ashamed and like kept beating myself up over it yeah but now I can move forward and try to be like a little more confident a little more brave and pick and choose the right moments to confront somebody try to tell them like what they said wasn't cool and not be too clammed up and like afraid about it so yeah in short it's definitely important especially for feminists of color so you know kind of question a white feminist's like approach like are you seeing this from all sides are you taking everyone into consideration are you listening to the actual people and yeah that can open that can open their eyes and open some doors so I mean that's good right yeah I think um, even if you, so you're saying like the not say anything as sort of a bad thing, um, with the whole like being ashamed afterwards mm-hmm. part of it. And I understand that part, but from my side of things, um, being someone who is okay saying stuff, sometimes like when you do say stuff, it's bad anyway. Like right. it can take a, a negative turn, even if you do get in there, not get in their face, but like. Yeah hey, what did you just say? Mm-hmm. And um, ask them to explain. Because I personally do like seeing people struggle when they have said something wrong. <laughs> and I I like ask them, why did you say that? Right. Or, sorry, what was that? Mm-hmm. And say it again. <laughs> um, and they, oh, uh, uh, and they start stuttering. Because right. they already know that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a couple instances where it has gone right. But then there's a couple where it's like, Okay, they're they're not willing to change. They're set in their ways. And even if I did give them a whole 20-minute speech, it didn't change anything. Right. And um, honestly, like, it just kind of went yeah. down bad, uh, went down, so. It's pretty exhausting. Yeah. Like, it's, ex- it's exhausting, it's taxing. So, yeah, I think um, taking your own energy and your own mental health into consideration mm-hmm. is of the utmost importance right. for that. Definitely. So I think either way, you can find your own way of saying something or mm-hmm. being an advocate, uh, whether that's taking to the streets or writing this amazing, well-written essay mm-hmm. so other people can see and read and hear it. Right. Okay. So thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. So we're going to open up the floor a little bit and I'm going to ask you, is there a specific part of the text that resonates with you or that you wanted to share with the audience and maybe you can like analyze it a little bit for us if that's okay with you okay yeah there was one part when um Ahmed quoted the managed heart by Arlie Russell Mm -hmm. horse child excuse me or host child (laughs) 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 and part of the quote went the bride prompts herself to be happy the capacity to save the day depends on the bride being able to make herself be affected in the right way, or at least being able to persuade others that she is being affected in the right way. Um, that kind of stood out to me because I always think about, you know, how identity is kind of like a performance and even performing happiness or a good affect is just, it's all hollow. Like if you can't 
dive in and into yourself and explore those uncomfortable feelings, then you're just going to like live a life of falseness, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially for women, it's very like pressured or we're pressured to be like, just be, you know, just be agreeable. Don't be so difficult. Like just make things run smoothly because like that's your job Mm -hmm. as a woman. Make things run smoothly and make it all like all happy for us. Don't make us uncomfortable. And if you're just living a life in pretty much like servitude in that way, then you're not living a true life. And it's kind of, it's kind of sad. Yeah. You know, we're all kind of performing in a certain way, but I feel like a lot of women are forced to perform, especially. And it's like, who, who are they even really like, who are they truly on the inside? And you'll never know because they have to quote unquote, save the day, you know? Right. Right. Um, great quote, great Mm -hmm. part that you brought up there. So I do agree with your take on it and your analysis on it, but I can't help but think sometimes um, (laughs) not being difficult Mm. is a part of picking your battles. Like with some things, um, it's easier. And if you don't want to be unhappy that day, like (laughs) sometimes (laughs) you, you... you do choose to be like, I'm going to be the happy bride. Right, right. I'm not going to say anything okay. because it's my Tuesday or whatever. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So, it, again, it's the choosing the battles. But sometimes, I mean, someone has to take the uh, one for the team. And someone mm-hmm. has to be unhappy for a second. Right. And who's going to be? Mostly women of color. Right. But yep. Yep. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, is there an, another piece of the uh essay that you want to bring up or um let me see look okay. my notes mm-hmm. hmm. oh yeah okay so this one is about racism okay um she says racism is very difficult to talk about as racism can operate to censor the very evidence of its of its existence mm-hmm. um yeah i find that pretty interesting how these huge systems of oppression they're like engineered from the inside to silence the people they're oppressing like on more ways than one like it can be so deeply entrenched in your like mind that you think like as a black person or as any colonized peoples or um, you know Mm -hmm. they think that they're being unreasonable or like crazy for thinking like did this person say that because you know like i'm black you know Mm -hmm. but they're just like oh no relax you know (laughs) but like maybe it was and like even they didn't understand because it's so ingrained in everyone's psyche like that's racism and it the way it is itself is made to silence people like silence the oppressed people and it's just like the oppression has levels to it it's crazy so yeah yeah, i thought that was pretty interesting yeah like you said um it has levels to it and Mm -hmm. um not like devaluing it but like microaggressions would i guess be on one of the lower levels even though they still hurt um for sure but me personally i run into microaggressions more than i do like blatant Mm -hmm. racism like to my face right um so like you said what man that i wasn't racist or that wasn't meant to be taken like that when you do speak up about it um it does make you feel like oh wait was that or should I have said that? And should I have said something? Should I have been a killjoy? Right. It makes you go back and forth in your own head. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So any other uh, text or is there a certain part of the text that you don't agree with? Or um, did you uh, resonate with the whole piece? 
Yeah, I, pre- I resonated pretty well with it. I liked it, okay. so nothing to disagree with. Okay, thank you. So we are going to wrap it up just in a little bit, but uh, to end it, I just want to ask you if you're comfortable sharing an experience where you yourself have been a killjoy. Mm, yeah, uh, I was thinking about this. It's less to do with feminism, but more to do with racism, but okay. you know, they're all intersectional. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was in high school, and I was like in a group chat with these two other girls, like my friends, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the girls was telling us about a conversation she had with one of her like guy friends or whatever, and she sent us a screenshot, and in it, the guy had said the N-word pretty casually, and you know, the girl or my friend didn't say anything to him, didn't check him on that. And when she sent it, everyone else was just, like, talking regularly. But I was like, oh, you let him say the N-word? Like, oh, yikes. Mm. And she was like, that's just how he is. That's just what he says. Mm. You know, like, that's just what guys say. It doesn't matter if they're black. Yeah, he definitely wasn't black. Okay. None of these people were black that I'm talking to. Right. And I was like, what? And it's just like, by the time you want to get into it, she has already dismissed it. And the conversation is going on. So it's like... I guess I really couldn't fulfill the entire Killjoy agenda, mm-hmm. but it was a little like, okay, damn, like this girl does not care. Like she doesn't care about me really, like right. we're not friends. Cause if she really cared about black people, she would check her actual other friend, like her guy friend, right? someone that she actually has influence over because they know each other personally. Right. Like that's where it makes the most impact. That's where it's most important, but she didn't even do that. But I kind of called it out. But again, it went pretty unnoticed, slipped under the radar, and after that, I mean, <laughs> we weren't great friends anyway, but we sure as hell didn't like keep in touch yeah. after that. But so, that's the only thing I can think of. Okay, so did no one else in the group chat say anything about it? No, I oh, mean, wow. now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, it was me, black, um, the girl, uh, not black. <laughs> I think there was another black girl, I'm kind of, you know, blanking on who else it was, but like, she didn't care either. Like, the story, the overall story, like, had more importance than mm. like this one non-black guy saying the n-word right and i was like does that not make you uncomfortable but like again if i brought it up like it would kill the mood maybe i should have been a killjoy yeah. <laughs> but you know it's in high school and i'm just like hey, you know yeah 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 <laughs> trying maybe. to be more agreeable or whatever not too much but just like okay I exactly guess, i guess that's under the rug now <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you were young you were a baby mm-hmm. maybe the other if you're remember- remembering correctly if there mm-hmm. was another black girl in the group chat maybe she was thinking the same thing. She was like, oh, here we go. Like, right, Or maybe right. she's had other experiences where she has been a killjoy, and it just kind of fell flat like this one. Right. Well, we, don't, we don't know. Right. But um, either way, that was really brave to do. <laughs> um, it's kind of scary, especially if it's your friends or your family. It's not a stress. Sometimes it's, like, easier to talk to someone you just met and be like okay yeah. we just met five minutes ago you're already messing up and i'm gonna tell you straight yeah but if it's your friends and family you've already made like a connection or yeah you've already made a connection so being a killjoy might risk like burning that bridge it's yeah. a little scary yeah so right that was really brave and mm-hmm. um Thank hopefully you. other people <laughs> will do the same thing but that does bring this episode to a close. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your input and your feelings and your opinions. Um, they were great. We loved having Thanks. you on the show. Um, for the listeners out there, if you resonated or if you related to this episode or Autumn, you can definitely hit her up on her socials. I'll have those linked down below. And please support her on all of her platforms. She does a lot of writing um on a couple different 
platform so i'll also have those linked down below in the episode description um shout out to all the infps (laughs) yeah for sure i'm sure there's a lot of them in here listening and relating to this episode so thank you so much i will see you in the next episode everyone take care later